Wolf and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Final hour of the show here on a Thursday afternoon. It is Wolf and Luke live from the Auction Community Studios. Wolf, before we get into the Kyler Murray talk that we had slated for this part of the show, you did ask if anybody asked Vance Joseph about uh, the green dot. Yeah. I don't see anything specifically talking about the dot itself, but here's Vance talking about the communication issues and how they weren't just on Isaiah Simmons on Sunday. It wasn't just him. It was just a total operation of playing fast, hearing the, hearing the calls, hearing the personnel, knowing your job, you know, matching their routes, you know, and that, that obviously was the biggest issue for us on defense, you know, and again, the operation wasn't tested before that game, you know, so we had no idea how it was going to look. I was hoping it was going to look good because in practice, it looked great, but in practice, it's, it's it's no stress, right? It's a it's a controlled environment, and I thought the operation killed us. You know, along with them being very good, you know, and that that's obviously that's a that's a double edged sword. You know, if you're not playing good and you're playing slow, and they're playing really good and playing fast, it looks like that, and it felt that way on the sideline. I almost just threw my pen through the wall. Time for a team meeting. Yeah, can we just everybody? <laughs> can we have a team meeting? We, yeah, okay, everybody. <laughs> what are you, you going to say, Luke? What, what do you want to say? How many right players <laughs> and coaches have we heard this week reference? Well, it was the first time we got to do it. If only there was a preseason. <laughs> Okay, we need a we need a team meeting right now. I mean, right? There's an entire organization. There needs to be a team meeting next next preseason. Is way. Let's go ahead. Let's play them. Right. We're to play our guys too. It's not just let's the go other ahead. teams. No, I know. Let's let's go ahead and play our guys, man. Let's let's give them six reps a game. Try you this. know. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> This is crazy. Now, again, I mean, nobody's going into the preseason being like, okay, we got to play Kyler to make sure he's good at football. Right, How right. about we just get everybody on the same page? <laughs> so that extra step that we had to do against Kansas City in week one, that Kansas City Look, didn't have to do. Honestly, right now, if, if I'm Cliff, uh, and I am not, ladies and gentlemen, okay, Ron Wolfley uh, informing, but <laughs> if I'm Cliff, I, I will tell you right now that I, I – could totally understand why he did what he did this prison based this on what fine. he did the year before. Yes, and, it's, it's, and, it's, and the fact they went on a roll for seven weeks. Yeah. I totally get that. But right now, after after this training camp disaster, and that's what it was basically with all the injuries in week one, Um, yeah, you try something different. Said it last week heading into the game. When you make a decision like that, I, I respect them for being definitive about it. But if the game goes badly, you're going to have to answer some questions about it. And instead, the game went so badly. And it, in a lot of ways, looked like, hey, the Chiefs are in week two of their season. And the Cardinals all just met each other. Yeah. And Vance just saying right there, you know, hey, remember, that was the first week of operation. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. <laughs> it shouldn't have been. You know, Vance is like... He's just telling it the way that it is, that he's right. Um, I get it, man. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, over to the offensive side of the football. Uh, this was Kurt Warner on the NFL Network yesterday. you got to remember, a lot of these guys didn't play in the preseason. So when I was watching Kyler, it looked like he was very uncomfortable in the pocket, that he hadn't been hit. He hadn't been around that many bodies in you know a game-type environment, and he was uncomfortable. I want to see him settle in this week, too, and, and be able to go back to just playing that MVP-type football that we've seen in the past. Um, look, setting aside the fact that he just referenced the preseason as well, Wolf, Kyler Murray did not look comfortable against the Chiefs. The last image we had of him before this season was him looking very uncomfortable against the Rams. And it's not like I think if they block for him on Sunday, he's going to still look uncomfortable. But I don't really want to. I don't want to develop my quarterback to constantly believe he's got to be looking over his shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, I I want him to feel like his offensive line is going to protect him. I don't want it to get to the point where even if they are keeping a guy like Max Crosby out of the backfield, he's darting all over the place because he's worried. You know, yeah, exactly. I'm with you on this, Luke. Um, This is going to be critical that this game, Kyler Murray steps up into the pocket. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me well on this. This is this is going to be key for the Cardinals offense going forward this week against the Raiders because of Max Crosby, because of Chandler Jones. He's got to be able to step up into the pocket. His tackles have got to have some idea as to where he's going to be. If, in fact, he drops back and suddenly tries to get outside of Max Crosby or outside of Chandler Jones, um, that's going to be a tough proposition. Mm-hmm. It truly is. Even as quick and fast as Kyler Murray is, that's going to be tough because they're so long. They're so long. His tackles as well, I think, will benefit from knowing that Kyler, where he's going to be and the ability to step up into the pocket. I, I don't think the Raiders are going to blitz. I don't think they're going to do a lot of that. I don't think they're going to go after Kyler Murray. I, I think in, in certain spots and positions on the field, yeah, I think they will. But I don't think that's going to be the the steady stream, so to speak, of what this defensive coordinator is going to do to Kyler. I think it's going to be more rush for let their let their great edge get a pass rush on Kyler and then drop seven. That's what I think they're going to get a lot of. Play some zone cover and hope that he throws it to them. That's what I think the Raiders are going to do. We'll have to wait and see. Well, they are beat up in the secondary. It's not like they have an amazing secondary. And they have the luxury with Chandler Jones now and Max Crosby where they don't have to necessarily blitz to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, This is Kyler Murray yesterday talking about evolving as a leader. I haven't had the chance to really be around uh, a lot of the, you know, the veteran guys um most of the guys that you know when i came into the league they weren't too much you know older than me or anything the coast probably the first first i don't call him old but you know older guy you know that's been been around uh that i had the pleasure to play with um but no i've just i mean i've been around a lot of great players you, you don't have to be a quarterback to be a leader you know you know so um yeah he's right you don't have to be a quarterback to be a leader but I do believe the quarterback's got to be a leader. That's me. So, I've uh, come full circle once again. Anquan Bolden messed me up. Right? <laughs> he messed me up. And, and Drew Stanton as well. They both kind of messed me Now, I, I'm back to where I was for the vast majority of my life, where I believe 
an NFL quarterback has got to be a leader. So you can be a leader but not be a quarterback. I'm just making sure we have the math here. But you can't be a quarterback, I would say franchise quarterback, and not be a leader. Yes. I think that's part of what you're getting paid for as a franchise yes. quarterback. That's part of the job Absolutely correct. Uh, all right, so Kyler Murray, like I said, maybe maybe we are starting to see him not just after week one, but throughout you know preseason training camp and everything, maybe uh, taking the next step as a leader. But it's, it's got to result in wins too. We come back. Who should you start and who should you sit in your fantasy lineups this week? Since the games start in four hours, we're going to tell you next in our fantasy reality check. It's the Wolf and Luke Show, ninety-eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke present Fantasy Reality Check, where fantasy football gets a reality check from 10-year NFL fullback, four-time pro bowler, Ron Wolfley. All right, Wolf, we tried this last week. It actually worked out pretty well. Going Did into it? Week one, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> You, you always get this look on your face like we're like making you, I don't even know what, like try something you've never tried before. Like we're making you go to a new country and speak a language you've never spoken before. It's just before. so uncomfortable to talk about fantasy football. But I mean, this, really? This is, this is the beauty of this. You don't have to talk about fantasy football. Are there still a lot of people that play fantasy football? <laughs> yeah. Uh, however many people there are in the world, minus you. That's how many people play. <laughs> wow. How's the Pac-12 league going, by the way, Logan? Says, I mean, the Pac-12 league is uh, a little down on talent oh my right goodness now. you guys are bad all right so I, this is how we're going to do this wolf i'm just going to kind of bring to you and i've i've translated this so think of me as like uh what's that uh, rosetta stone the one that like you learn a language <laughs> i have taken the biggest fantasy football questions out there right now okay. and i've translated them into wolf's language okay oh cool so you don't have to feel like you're answering uh any any fantasy questions okay all right so let's start off with this what does the 49ers offense look like with uh, with Trey Lance and without Eli Mitchell? Because you've also got Debo Samuel running the ball, too. Like, let's say you were inclined to pick up a guy like Jeff Wilson to see how much you think he's really going to get the ball or the 49ers in a world where they're just like, we're just <laughs> we're just trying to survive at this point. The 49ers right now, who are they playing? The Seattle Seahawks? The Seattle Is that Seahawks. what you're saying right yes. now? Oh, my goodness. In Seattle, that is going to be a bloodletting. That's what I think, especially after watching Seattle ball out against the Denver Broncos at home on Monday night. Did you happen to see how physical they were? Oh Seattle my goodness! Came to play. Oh, the Seattle came to play, and they were very, very physical on both sides of the ball. Not a surprise. A surprise they won the game. Yes, not a surprise to actually see them go out and play physically. So the 49ers and Trey Lance. Um, you thought it was hostile in Chicago at Soldier Field. Mm-hmm. Get ready. Well, typically in fantasy football, you want one of the 49ers running backs because they run the ball a lot. But then typically those running backs get hurt, so you need to have the next one in line. But it just it, it does feel different. I know it's just one game, and it was in a, a it, not a monsoon, but whatever they have in Chicago, that's yeah. that version. But it, it just you know, like, I mean, wasn't even that effective. How would you feel about maybe picking up like a Kyle Juszczyk, like a fullback? Oh, going fullback. You know what? <laughs> like Juszczyk is going to, they're going to give him the ball. They're not going to give him the ball. I mean, a yeah, running back right Cardinals now. Every year. Listen, I expect Geno Smith. The one thing, Geno Smith, he looked like he was a game manager. He looked like a game manager right now. And because of that, I could see the Seattle Seahawks having a lead. 
It's just how much of a lead are they going to have? I, I can't believe the 49ers are actually favored in this game, correct? That's what we verified. <laughs> yes. The 49ers are favored in this game, even though lot. they looked awful against lot. the Chicago Bears. Eight and a half points. And a half even points. I know that's a lot. Yeah. Even I know even that. Even if you can't tell which team is favored um, when you read it, you know eight and a half points is a lot. So I think Seattle, there's a good chance they're going to have a lead, and that means you're not going to be running the ball. I, I don't see the, the running backs. Maybe maybe they're wide receivers. You might want to pick up Debo. Yeah, well, because he also <laughs> runs it. Because I'm sure he's available to pick up. But I do have a question. Okay. So say... You know, you drafted George Kittle in your fantasy league because you thought, hey, he's going to just light it up, okay? Yes. Now that it seems like he's not going to play, we don't know 100% for sure. But is there a tight end out there that you think would be beneficial to pick up that could be available in most fantasy leagues? Uh, I don't know how readily available he is, but... um Dalton Schultz in Dallas, I'm assuming, is... You watch that Dallas game, right? He's the only guy they throw to right now. Like, yeah. CeeDee Lamb didn't look like a number one yeah, receiver. But don't you think most people... I'm, I know nothing about fantasy football, but don't you think most people are starting Dalton I'm, Schultz? I'm trying to pull okay, the percentage, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. well, that's why... Yeah, actually, yeah, Dalton Schultz I, is rocking in 99% of leagues. Okay, so, great. Okay, fine, you're All right. right. Oh, good. Well, I'm going to try and come up with one. I'll tell you the one if you want to just cheat your Disley? league. Well, or Taysom Hill, who's eligible at tight end and quarterback in a lot of leagues. So then question, uh, if you were to start Taysom Hill at tight end, would you get points for what he does at quarterback? Yes. Yeah. Oh. That's, if he's, if Taysom Hill's out there, it it depends what, like, format you're playing, but some of them still have him eligible at tight end and quarterback. Oh, my God. That's, Wolf's looking at me like, this is what's wrong with fantasy football. Yeah, exactly. This is the only guy. This is, like, the glitch in the system. If you're desperate (laughs) for a tight end, go ahead and and pick up Taysom Hill. Okay, Uh, what else do you have for me? What else do you have on on fantasy? What is this fantasy reality? Yeah, you're the reality part of this. Um, Okay, how about this? Can you just assume the Packers offense gets back on track? Last year, week one, they were miserable. But last year, they also had Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And so now this year, a lot of people drafted these rookie receivers or they drafted Alan Lazard because everybody wants Aaron Rodgers' top receiver. And in week one, there really wasn't anybody that was worth anything. Are you confident that the offense gets going even though they're dealing with a lot of young receivers? Yeah, I, I am because of Aaron Rodgers, of course, and their offensive line. I think their offensive line is um, above average um, and their rushing attack. I think their run game is really going to pick up this week, and I think that means, of course, Aaron Rodgers is also going to have a ton of play action that should be effective. But I think the run game is something to focus on if, in fact, you're getting ready to start a running back from the Green Bay Packers like A.J. Dillon. Man, I think he's going to get off. That feels like Green Bay is is one of those few teams, too, where you feel comfortable starting either of those running backs, right? I mean, because Aaron Jones is so involved in the passing game, and yeah. A.J. Dillon's just a battering ram. I just know they're so good. A.J. Dillon is my favorite. Okay, how about for uh, tonight? You got two high-powered offenses with the Chargers and the Chiefs. Chargers may not have Keenan Allen. So when you look at this team, Mike Williams didn't do anything last week, but they still won. Um 
how confident are you that the Chargers are going to be so effective at moving the ball they can almost just plug anybody in? Because now we're already at this point of the season where you probably have guys hurt. You might be looking for a receiver in particular. So maybe you go out there and add like a Josh Palmer or whoever slides into Keenan Allen's role. Chargers are going to move the ball with or without Keenan Allen, right? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think they're going to test that soft underbelly of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what I think they're going to do. Listen, uh, that's the, the one big regret that I have. The Arizona Cardinals got down 14 nothing in the first quarter. Got down 14 nothing, And I don't think could stick to their game plan. Even though I think they should have, I, I think they didn't feel like they could stick to their game plan and try to run the ball. And I don't think they ever tried to run the ball the way they should have. I don't. That's just me. That's not going to surprise anybody that has listened to me over the last two decades. But it's the truth. you got to attack a team and force them to show you that they have changed, that they can handle it, that they've gotten better. They were number 31 in the National Football League in average yards per carry allowed. 4.77. Number 31 in the league. The Cardinals never really established a rushing attack against that front. Now, again, they got down big in this game. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case going forward for the Chargers. Well, so let's let's build on that then with the Cardinals because a lot of people probably took James Conner in about the third round of their fantasy draft. And I don't like running backs for the purposes of fantasy football where you're dependent on touchdowns. Like, I like the guys that get you the points just from getting yards. That's a little more dependable. James Conner's pretty dependable as far as, as touchdowns. Do you think the Cardinals commit to the run more this week, especially with the injuries they still seem to have at receiver. Boy, I hope so. <laughs> Boy, I hope so. I really, really do. Especially running at Chan. at Run run right at Chandler Jones. Um, Max Crosby as well. Um, run right at him. That's what I would do. Uh, very interested to see how Max Williams plays. If, in fact, given the opportunity to get more than 10 reps in a game, I'm going to be really interested to see how he does because the Cardinals offense with Max Williams as a stud tight end. You can have Zach Ertz as the move tight end. I mean, that basically, most teams are going to look at that as you're in 11 personnel to begin with, especially in a wide receiver room that is still depleted. Why not have Zach Ertz if he's ready? to go, of course. Yeah. Why not have him like he is. as a 12 personnel set, and yet he's a guy that can act as a receiver as well. That, to me, gives him the best opportunity to try to move the ball. See, it was painless, right? We did. We just did 10 minutes of fantasy football. You no, didn't even, really? Didn't realize didn't feel it, like yeah. it. Because I translated into Wolf. Alright, so we're going to do this every Thursday throughout the season. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Just how bad could things get with the Robert Sarver suspension? We're going to ask ESPN's Jay Williams. He will join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station. If 
figured we'd be talking a lot of football this week, and we have. And we uh, we certainly still will, especially as uh, week two against the Raiders gets closer. And Wolf, we're going to have... We're going to have uh, tonight's game to react to tomorrow, but obviously the Phoenix Suns are, that's not even really the Suns, it's just the NBA and the story that does involve the Suns dominating the headlines uh, over the last couple days and for all the wrong reasons. So we are joined right now on the Arizona Sports Line by friend of the show, host of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max show on ESPN, Jay Williams joins us right now. Jay, how's it going? yourself i miss you guys i mean i guess we're in the verge of basketball season huh yeah we're we're, we're getting there it's only like a couple weeks away now finally yeah don't want to talk cardinals no worries at all hey, don't worry yeah, you know guy. what buddy that's all right uh come see me after four weeks okay okay i like that i like the confidence wolf i like it where'd that confidence i'm not that wolf? really confident. you're not that confident no. i'm just saying <laughs> no at least we'll have context to talk about that jay that's the that's the reason why i say four weeks because that to me is what you can really take to evaluate a football team uh, uh yeah uh, having having d hop back would help but go ahead luke i'm uh, sorry no you're right <laughs> having d hop back would help i think everybody here um all right so the the robert sarver situation the phoenix suns adam silver talking yesterday chris paul and lebron james already uh, voicing an opinion on twitter um i want to start there did you expect lebron and chris paul uh, those are sort of the headliners did you expect them to say anything do you expect them to say anything more or do you expect anybody else that, that is a player to, to follow up Look, let me let me say this. Um, I only played in the NBA for one year, but I feel like I have been part of the brotherhood for over 20 years. Adam Silver botched this. Uh, and I think Adam Silver is the most progressive and the smartest commissioner mm. in all sports. Mm. Now, I know there are legalities around this, um, because Robert would, you know, you can't just take an, uh, an owner away from, you know, a team away from an owner. Um, there's actually a lot of due process you have to go through in order for that to happen. So it's not as easy as just saying he should take the team away because he, he can't. There's a governing body. There's a due process to that. But coming off what we came off of, the pandemic, and the amount of attention that we pay to mental health of employees. My wife works in technology, guys. Uh, seeing the way technology companies have really kind of embraced a work-from-home policy, uh, you know, giving time for, you know, your rejuvenation period throughout the course of the day, uh, being hypersensitive and aware to activate that type of stuff. When I then look at the NBA and I see a history of behavior that's been accepted, it, it almost makes me think that the awakening process we went through due to the pandemic and work environment and culture and fear mongering, all the good that we said we were going to do coming out of it, now I'm looking at this saying, oh, okay, this is this reminds me of everything that, it's, it's almost everything that I think the NFL is that I think the NBA is not. Hmm. And, and, and that's kind of problematic for me. Um, and even reading Adam's comments about, well, you know, he's done a lot of other good things that people have said good things about him. I said, okay, that's, I understand that. But that still doesn't make the things that he did wrong okay because he also did good. And first off, if anybody ever uses that type of language around me, I'm going to course correct you. 
Yeah. I mean, Bill Duffy's somebody I've known for a very long time. He was my agent when I got drafted. Uh, he's like a pseudo father to me. So hearing that from him and those accounts, mind boggling, um, pictures being sent, language being used. And as people in positions of power, we have to do better mm-hmm. because when you set the tone for your organization, if you set the tone in that light, it makes it acceptable for other people to pass that behavior down. There's a trickle down effect. And to me, I automatically felt so bad for Chris Paul because here he is again with a chance still to win a world championship. But after coming from the Clippers now to deal with this, and these are the kind of things that set your season on a different course. Because hmm. now we're talking about the decision on will Suns players play for Robert Sarver? Will they play for him? And it takes all focus off of basketball. And now focus is on women's rights, work environment, and bigger issues. And I know Chris Paul is up for the challenge, but I also just want Chris Paul to play basketball and have a chance to win a championship. Um, But unfortunately, these are the kind of things that occur in life in general. And Chris Paul is a leader. And I'm interested to see how he will handle it. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. That is a huge story going forward, Jay. You're right about that. So, Jay, can I can I ask you what what would have sufficed for you in regard to the punishment? What what would have satisfied you and so many others that are out there? I I don't know if taking the team and we talk about this today because when there's video evidence, the world reacts to things visually very differently than they do when they're just interviews that are kept behind closed doors, essentially without the context truly getting out. I would have liked to have seen a longer term ban. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's a five-year ban, something around there. Still own. I mean, the, the thing that is, and I know there's, it's not correlated properly, but to put it in perspective, like the, the ban doesn't stop the price of his team continuing to, increase yeah. right like donald sterling got paid 2.5 billion dollars to go away now that probably hurts long-term ownership perspective but he got paid 2.5 billion dollars to go away so you know on top of a, a 10 million dollar fine doesn't seem like even though it's one of the harsher fines at the nba it doesn't seem to me with somebody uh, robert sarver's wealth that that really hits you and a year ban okay so like what you, you still can't have control to a degree from far away and hear what's going on. I just think a longer term ban, a bigger fine would have probably simmered a little bit more of the reactions from guys like LeBron or Chris Paul. Talking to Jay Williams, uh, Jay, you said Adam Silver botched it. I think most of us agree with you on that. Do you think Adam Silver knows? And and it felt like he even knew yesterday as he was talking that he botched it. I mean, I've known Adam for a long time. Um, I've seen Adam speak in very pressurized type moments. And that was probably one of the most heightened pressurized moments I've ever seen him speak in. He didn't feel comfortable. I can tell when Adam feels comfortable. He did not feel comfortable. And almost in a way from knowing Adam, I do truly believe that maybe this even though it was in his hands, I, I wonder to what other degrees of what other factors were into it that we will never have insight to. Yep. Like nobody's ever been a commissioner, guys. Um, and as much as we like to say, hey, your word, your word is final say, 
you are also answering to, uh, you know, 30 other owners in the league, right? So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's an interesting position, but he did not seem comfortable. I, I, I wonder if he truly believes what he said or if it was something that kind of seemed like it came to a conclusion and that's how he had to address the public. For me, Jay, I honestly think there's something else on the horizon that we don't see here. <laughs> there's, you know, there, there's something else that is out there. You know me. I, I'm the grassy knoll, Jay. That's what I am right now. I, I think there's some type of understanding, unwritten though it may be, some type of understanding going forward. We'll have to wait and see how it all shakes out. But I don't think we know the whole story right now. I, I I tend to agree with you on this one, Wolf. But here's something I would love to hear you guys' opinion on. Maybe that's something you guys talk about later. I, I do find it extremely fascinating that when things of these sorts happen in the NBA, i.e. Donald Sterling, now Robert Sarver, media automatically goes to, well, the players need to do something. Right? The players need to yeah. use their voice, use their fame. And I understand that they're different sports, Wolf. But when we have the Daniel Snyder thing happen, I don't hear that same kind of uproar from the media about the players doing something. It's more about, well, I can't believe. And then it just gets swept underneath the rug. I mean, just loses momentum in the media after a couple months. We just go on back to Sundays and back to football. And I know know we'll go on. You know what I think? I I don't mean to cut you off, brother, but you know what I think? I I I like like conversation like this. Yeah, I think the players in the NBA are perceived to have so much more power than the players in the NFL. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But I, I mean, but I'm just saying that's fair. a perception. I don't. I I totally agree. I don't think it's fair either. Well, it's not I fair to a, ask them to do the commissioner's job. That's that's. I mean, if if that's the thought of like, okay, I'm just going to kind of let this go and see what the players do with it. That's it's not. It's not. Really I think. Yeah. Well, I was, and maybe I came out the wrong way. I wasn't trying to compare. Like, hey, like, you know. Players in the NFL don't do anything because I know oh, a lot of players. No, that no, do. I, know, I just hate how like the responsibility gets put. Well, the players are the ones that really create change, and they have to do it. And I'm, I'm sitting there saying, no, like the system should do that, right? Because yeah, the system should course correct. Like, totally. why are we asking these guys to do it? it? Just puts unwanted pressure on guys to think about, and we all think about things bigger than our jobs. It's just, it, it's unfortunate for them. Yeah, Jay, it's so always great, great man. Back. You're great, buddy. Thank you for the time. Same here, guys. All right. Thank you. That's uh, that's Jay Williams joining us right there. Yeah, that was uh, love talking that's to a Jay. Very seriously, it's a very real point that I think a lot of people feel right now. If you're if you're stepping back and hoping the players are going to do the, the the job of the league, and it does on some level kind of seem like that was their plan of we don't want to get our hands dirty and have to deal with legal stuff, so we're yeah. just going to let Chris Paul and LeBron James handle this for us. That's that's a shaky path to go down. Uh, all right, when we come back. What is Vance Joseph's plan against that Raiders offense on Sunday? You're going to hear from him next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Hi, this is Buda Baker of the Arizona Cardinals, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I think Buda Baker, man, he's one of the most explosive players in the league. And we've got the Buda rule. Someone block Buda. Looks over the middle, throws, picked off by Buda. That's it. Buda sails it. Buda Baker is the guy. He is the guy that everybody looks to. Just the way he plays the game sets the tone for everybody. You'll see. The world will see today. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. All right, Wolf, we have talked a lot, and rightfully so, about Chandler Jones and uh, the fact that he's facing his former team. We've talked a lot about Max Crosby because he's just kind of a menace out there. But from Vance Joseph's perspective, 
that's not really his issue. His issue, of course, is Devontae Adams and Derek Carr and some of the skill guys that the Raiders have. So he was asked today, Vance Joseph just spoke after practice, why Devontae Adams is as dominant as he is. He is he is probably the best route runner in the league. And outside of Diggs and Buffalo, I mean, he is a special player. Um, you know, one-on-one again, I mean, those kind of guys win their one-on-ones. So if you one-on-one for 10 plays, he'll probably win seven. So having a plan to get him stopped and get him doubled from time to time is going to be critical. He had 17 targets last week, and um, he caught 10 for 141. That's a lot of a lot of balls. So it's 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 going to be a tough task to get him contained. And, and, and I say contained, not stopped, because, I mean, you don't stop those guys, you contain them. So hopefully we can. Well, let me put this in fantasy football terms. Devontae Adams is the guy that is never there by the time you make your first pick. <laughs> he's never there because he's already gone. He's gone because he gets 17 targets in a game. That's yeah, absurd. No, that is that is absurd right there. And then, of course, his production. Um Prolific, you know the guy. Once again, Darren Waller is a guy that I think is. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about him. Really, it, it's just one of those situations. I think that Isaiah Simmons is going to draw an awful lot of Darren Waller. Darren Waller is a guy I've got a great deal of regard for, respect for. A guy that does an awesome job at the tight end position. Actually, mixes it up a little as well. I like that as a two way guy. Yeah, his numbers took a little bit of a hit the last couple of years, but it's just because he's been hurt. When he's on the field, he a real problem. Here's more from Vance Joseph talking about some of the skill guys the Raiders have. They've got skill guys. I mean, the tight end's a big-time guy. He, he can really run. He's got a huge catch radius. I mean, uh, Renfro in a slot one-on-one is almost uncoverable, you know, without leverage. And obviously Adams. And uh, the backs the backs are really good back, Jacobs. You know, so we can't discount him. I mean, he's he averaged, what, 5.7 yards a carry last week, you know, on very few touches. But I think Josh is going to hand the ball off more often this week. And also, use play action to free up Devontae and those guys. So it, it's 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 going to be a tough out. They've got three really good skill catchers and they got a good back. You know, and the quarterback's experience. He's been in Pro Bowl. So it's NFL football. You know, every week is a different challenge and I think we're up for it. You know, but we have to play better. If we don't, it won't get better. But we have to coach and we have to play better this week. Vance, you're not you're not making me feel a lot better when you just ran through all those players the Raiders have. Uh, you, he was so honest too, Vance Joseph. That's one of the things I really appreciate about Coach but he was so honest right there because he said, I think they're going to run the ball. Josh McDaniels, they're going to line up. They're going to run the ball. They're going to attack the line of scrimmage. Why do you think they would do that? Because once again, the Cardinals struggled last year, actually the end of last year, to stop the run. Um, looking at the Kansas City Chiefs tape, I'm sure Josh McDaniels was probably saying to himself, man, we got to run the ball right there. And that's what they're going to do with Josh Jacobs. They're going to try to do that, I think, because again, their best opportunity to throw the ball down the field is going to come off of play action. And that's where Devontae Adams so much of the time. You just go back and look at the Green Bay Packers film. Go back and look at it. There it is, Aaron Rodgers. Look, everybody's running to a mesh point. He's running to the tackle zone mesh point. Oh, no, he didn't hand the ball off. Now Devontae Adams is running down the field, and boom. And what do you see? Aaron Rodgers, chuck it up. It's just, you know, again, um, that concept is very, very simple, yet um, execution is everything. How good do you have to be at your job? Like Stephon Diggs in that first cut we played. And so you got you got an opposing coach talking about the guy he's about to face in Devontae Adams, right? Yeah. And so he's always going to compliment him, right? The coach is never going to be like, oh, this guy's terrible. We got him. Don't worry about him. So he's talking about Devontae Adams, best route runner in the league. 
Well, except Stefan Diggs. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Vance said, wait a minute. Look, I think that's so better. cool, though, right? Yeah, but if you're Stefan Diggs, you must be like, that's right. I'm, I'm not <laughs> remotely involved in this conversation, and you still have to, I have to be the qualifier because I'm so good at running routes. How good is Stefan Diggs where Vance Joseph is sitting there, and this is what Vance does. He just sits down and watches tape. You have no idea how much tape he watches. Probably a lot of tape. Oh, my goodness, all day long of receiving all over the National Football League and for different reasons. Maybe you're sitting there and you're breaking down uh, an offense you're going against and you happen to see another offense, another team and what they did. um, Or another defense, I should say, what they did. And now suddenly you start to see more guys on on tape and it's just a situation where um, for Stefan Diggs to come out of nowhere (laughs) into your brain, that's saying you're really really prolific that that's pretty telling um all right so that's uh vance we got some jj watt stuff we can get into tomorrow wolf we got another this is the second week in a row we're gonna do five star games obviously tomorrow yes. but the game tonight i would let's, we go ahead and just both uh, you know acknowledge this as a five-star game chiefs chargers on thursday night. no doubt about it man hopefully five star game hopefully it's uh ultimately better than what the game last week uh proved to be yeah all right, that will uh, that will do it for us here today. We got a lot of people to thank uh, Jay Williams, obviously, for joining the show. Lorenzo Alexander for joining us for a good hour, and they're always a great conversation with Zoe, both uh, both on Love and it, off man. the air. Yeah, uh, thanks to Aaron Maloney behind the glass, Jesse Morrison as well for Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.